to episode four of How to Be Me Again, the podcast where we are figuring out how to take care of ourselves because we don't know how. <laughs> I'm As we have proven, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> She's Crystal, I'm Maddie. We've Crystal, got no idea what we're doing. <laughs> Did I? I said Kristen. Did it sound about Crystal? It's staying well, in. She, she definitely doesn't go by Crystal. She's Kristen. I might some days, you never know. Well, hello. Oh, oh, Is that like your stripper name? Like if you oh like find your month and your date that you were born and it's like... No, but it should be because I feel like it's kind of a stripper name. Sorry. Do you know what my stripper name is when, I, when I've done those things? I, my stripper name is... Oh, because what is it based on? It's something about the first, the, the like the street you were like lived on when you were born, mm-hmm. and the first one it was your first pet. Your first so, pet. Yeah. So your first pet's your first name, and then the street you lived on is your surname, mm-hmm. and that's your stripper name. And mine is Peter Frenchful. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's it's like the worst stripper in the dingiest back end like strip joint. I didn't really have a street that I lived on. Um, when I was born, because we lived on a farm, there weren't really any streets there. Like, it would just be numbers or whatever. Um, but if I go by, like, my first, when I was, like, say, five, we lived, Mm. our dog's name was Muff or Muffy. (laughs) (laughs) That is the best stupid name. (laughs) And then the road we lived on was Bomaris. So I'd be Muffy Muffy Bomaris. Bomaris. That's kind of like that kind of work. I think you could French be like high end escort almost. Yeah. Like yeah. Okay. I don't well. think I don't think Muffy um, Bomaris and Peter Frenchful frequent <laughs> the same <laughs> establishment. <laughs> Probably not. No. Damn it. But well, I've got options. At least that. True. I don't. <laughs> I am fresh out of options. I don't think you should be sad about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lucky we're not strippers. Anyway, self-care. <laughs> that's the best sentence that's ever been said. <laughs> Although, I mean, it wouldn't be bad. They make good money. This is true. And do you know, actually, just to take a little detour, I've watched recently, and by recently in the last like couple of years, documentaries about sex workers Mm -hmm. that really changed my perspective because we tend to have this attitude where a lot of and I think that it's a fair attitude in some respects that a lot Mm -hmm. of them do it because they're desperate for money however there's a really large percentage of people that do it who do it because they enjoy it like that's their thing well and I also kind of think like it's like any industry some people are really good at it they kind of know what they're doing they're able to make a decent amount of money for like a minimal amount of work, you know, whatever it yep. is that they're drawn to about it. Yes, some people are in it out of desperation, but I also was in my accounting career out of desperation. I was miserable in it. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that I obviously the only, you know, time that it's it's a negative and shouldn't be, you know, treated like a a positive situation is if somebody is doing it against their will or they've got some yes that's you know beating the crap out of them and stealing their money or whatever but Absolutely. other than that like go for it why not power if, to you if people if men want to pay for that then let them like yeah. i think it should be legalized like they do in holland and places is it like not that. legal here no i'll oh, see so, i know actually. that it's there might be levels it's legal. of it that are legal Oh, I see. Because I actually, I have a friend who was a sex worker for a time and I didn't find it out about her until 
many years into our friendship. Mm-hmm. But uh, she at the time explained to me like how she'd gone and like registered herself as a business and like been a registered oh. sex worker. And it was like, and this is in Australia. And uh, yeah, it was like a legitimate thing that she did for a period See, of time. And it was great. It supported be... by the government. Yeah. 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 I don't think it's like that here. Interesting. I mean, I think being a stripper is legal, obviously. They've mm. got establishments for it, but I don't know. Yeah, interesting. Because you know what also makes me question, because you know how I love talking about the patriarchy. Mm. I wonder where sex working falls in the in the patriarchy. Like, is it a feminist approach because women are, like, empowered to, you know, embrace their sexuality? Or because... And, I, I mean, I'm, this is very binary, the way I'm talking. Like, mm. obviously, it's not just a women men paying for women like there's lots of other situations yeah but uh yeah i just i wonder where it falls on the patriarchal scale (laughs) if there is such a thing yeah i kind of think like i think that uh society generally has a view that it's women being taken advantage of but i have always viewed it as the opposite way like hey if a guy wants to like pay for sex or pay to see a woman running like running around stage dancing naked Mm well then fine then take the money like it's an industry it's it's if you look at it because those women are artists oh my god and they're (laughs) so incredibly talented yeah Yeah. like they're doing stuff that i mean it takes skill and it takes Mm. experience it takes all the things just like in any industry in any job that anybody has any business if there is a demand you've got a market for it if you Mm. have some kind of skill you know, to offer, then you've got a service to offer people. Yeah. It's just like anything, I think. I agree. I agree. I mean, I think um, the scary thing is when you get into the situations where it's, you know, pimps and drug-fueled yes. and they're doing it out of desperation because it's the only thing that they can do when they're living on the streets and stuff like yeah. that, or you're getting violent um, But jobs. I also wonder what percentage that falls. I'm sure there's a study somewhere we could pull up, like... Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know, because that seems to be the overarching perspective, mm-hmm. or the, what we assume is the case for all sex workers or all... Um, I feel like there needs to be a better name than stripper. It feels so, like, reducing it down to, like, one thing. Like, uh, because we say they're dancers. Yeah, exotic oh. dancers. Um, yeah, I feel like that has to be really probably a small perspective, a small percentage. I feel like it's one of those things that would shock us when we yeah. actually saw the numbers. We'd Probably. be like, oh, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Well, cause I also think that it's the thing that is portrayed the most on media, right? Like TV exactly. and movies where it's like a woman on the street and that's how yeah. she's getting her jobs. But I'm sure that there's tons of high level escorts and mm-hmm. all kinds of other ways that uh, like people are working in sex work. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That was an interesting little um, detour we took. No one was expecting that, but hey, we ended up hey. here. <laughs> we got there intentionally, or did yes. we? Ah, now see, I was just about to say, how do we segue into self-care? And you so masterfully just did it. How? Okay, it's our last week of being intentional. I mean, we can continue Thank to God. be intentional no. after this. <laughs> Um, never how, again. Yeah, never again. I'm never being intentional ever yeah. again. It the was worst hard. four weeks of my life. <laughs> no, I'm just you kidding. Only, you only did it for one week, too. No, I'm true, true. <laughs> Although, because we had so many issues with recording, it was more like eight weeks. 
weeks, like yeah, over the it. whole span of it. I feel We've like been it doing it for summer. a while. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The summer of intentionality. That's, that's it. what it was. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like I've um, kind of changed the way that I'm approaching things. Mm. I don't know if that's just from the intentionality or if it's a combination. It's probably a combination of just everything that's going on in my life. And now that I'm not working um, for external people and have shifted to doing my own business, it's obviously a big shift in um, my schedule and everything like that. But I find that I think if I had to, I was trying to think yesterday and today about if I had to really sum up kind of what I got out of this being intentional, I think the biggest thing is being able to pace myself where Mm. I'm giving myself the time before I answer something or before I do some kind of activity. Um, It's made me a bit more productive because I'm not forcing myself to especially with, you know, working in my own business, sitting here, you know, initially I'm like, I'm going to sit and I'm going to work for four hours straight. And it's like, well, you don't really have to do that. You can get up and go if you, your mind is wandering or, you know, you realize that you're not being as productive, go, Mm -hmm. but be intentional about doing something else. So for me, it's like, I'll go and I'll go do the dishes and whatever. And then I'll come back and I'll, I'll sit down and really apply myself. Or if I'm doing changing tracks and doing something else I'll make sure that I'm doing something that's also serving me in some way Mm. rather than just kind of wasting time like I used to do before when I was just trying to escape and just trying to get away from all the stress right yes absolutely but I think that that's generally the biggest thing from the being intentional is that having that awareness but also taking the time and allowing myself to take the time to do the things that are going to fill me up more, mm. you know? Yeah, I do. And it's interesting because I was going to comment quite a, a similar observation <clears throat> of my week <laughs> doing <laughs> being intentional. Um, no, but the truth is, like, I definitely wasn't giving it the same attention up until last week, but I definitely feel like there's been there's been these shifts that I've noticed. Like, so this week I've had a really busy week as I like I kind of realized intentionality meant a few different things to me this week Mm. because I actually chose to make my schedule pretty packed and I did it for a few reasons because well firstly I'd been doing for the last pretty much the whole summer not working on Fridays so I've been taking three-day weekends and I know that I have a habit of backsliding into my old habits of like oh, I'll just work this one Friday, which I was worried about last week because I I worked all of last weekend and I intend on working all of this weekend because I'm like crunching to get this long overdue task like just finally off my plate. But what I kind of, where the intentionality came from is I know myself enough to know that I really like a project and I know that I work best to a tight deadline. Like Gretchen Rubin in her book Better Than Before talks about how people are either starters, finishers or procrastinators and I've definitely been a procrastinator on this particular project for a long time but I'm also um, actually I think I, I used her wrong thing I'm definitely a starter, I struggle with finishing but she also talks about whether you like to do last minute or whether you get things done early mm-hmm. and I do some of my best work 
when I have a tight deadline that I'm up against. I'm the same, yeah. Yeah, I was like that through university. I've been like that ever since. And I really admonish myself for the fact that I don't start earlier. But more so now, I'm trying to, like, accept that I have this trait about Mm. myself Mm -hmm. and almost intentionally building in tight deadlines. So, for instance, one of these projects that I'm working on is building this digital course. And I have this um, client who's expressed interest in it. And so I promised them that it will be finished on Monday. And that deadline is like exciting to me because it means like I I will get it done. And it also helps me overcome my perfection because I'm such a perfectionist that I'll like take way too long on stupid tasks. So it's really forcing me to like get out of my own way and just like get the thing built. And so like it's, it was interesting because it's kind of a different type of intentionality that I, Mm -hmm. then I was kind of thinking that I would come across as part of this experiment but what also happened was as I was working over the weekend because I'm not used to working like seven days straight I would do say an hour or two of work and then I'd start to feel a bit like like hazy or a little bit like nauseous Mm -hmm. and so I'd like put my computer down I'd go back out to the lounge room I'd watch an episode of billions and play with my kids and then, like, two hours later, I'd go back and do, like, another two hours. So I was, like, kind of to what you were saying, like, doing those little chunks of time and kind of checking in with myself more regularly and intentionally to, like, see, do I want to keep going? Am I pushing now? Is it, Has this become hard? Is it not enjoyable? Like, so that's yeah. been an interesting observation this week. That's so interesting. And I think that's kind of the whole point of why we started this project was to figure out what's going to work best for us and how do we operate in the best possible way so that we're taking care of ourselves but also you know living our lives the way we want to live them and those types of things right and I think that's really cool that you and I have kind of in the last you know week that we've both kind of been dealing with different schedules and and seeing how our being aware and us being intentional I think really let us be open to doing what we need to do and figuring it out and absolutely giving ourselves that permission I think <clears throat> and having the intentionality like I really I could have wasted a ton of time not really doing anything rather than even though yeah I don't know it's weird I was gonna say I was gonna say a bunch of stuff that was really negative about what I was doing and I'm like I don't really need to say that but you should because like let's let's talk about it because I think I feel like what you were probably about to dive into is like the societal like beliefs around the different way of working around this stuff I don't know tell me if I'm wrong but it's like I've been feeling that where it's like I'm not like I'm I admonish myself for like giving up on my three-day weekend Mm. even Mm -hmm. though I'm doing it for a purpose and I'm doing it with a deadline so I'm not going to keep doing like I'm 100% going back to three-day weekends because I know that that serves me so well yeah like regularly um but I'm also playing to that other side of myself that likes the project deadline and it was always kind of going to turn out like this. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I think it's kind of, I think it's the, part of the struggle right now is like figuring out um, when to turn to those things, right? Like mm. when's the right thing? I think maybe, maybe the deep down thing that I'm struggling with is like, is learning how to trust myself mm. more than anything. 
because I'm very much thinking, like, I don't want to let myself do anything or do certain things because I think, like, I don't want to let myself, say, play a game on my phone because I know I'll lose, like, two hours to it Mm. because historically I haven't, I've used it as an escape, you know? But it's interesting, too, that you say, like, you use the word lose two hours because, like, if you brought intentionality to that and you're like, I'm playing for two hours, then it's, is it lost? Like, And that's the thing. I think that, yeah, that's a really good point that I think, but I, yeah, I think I'm very stuck in the old way of thinking about things. So even when I'm being intentional about going into something, Mm. I'm... I just kind of assume, like, I'm just kind of on guard with myself a little bit of, yeah. like, needing to be, like, oh, watch yourself. Do you really want to do this right now? Because it could mean yes. this, this, and this. Like, this is what you always do, or this is what you mm-hmm. never do, and is it sustainable? Do I really want to, like, and part of it, too, is pushing myself to do certain types of work or to... um work hard you know it's just I think it's it's just a constant I've constantly been so intentional with myself Mm. or try like trying to be so aware that it can it's 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 hard to kind of see how it's actually going to play out like I feel like I'm in in such a an influx in my journey that it's hard to see like what's the regular day-to-day going to be you know like when am I going to be able to kind of let go of that questioning all the time Mm. and questioning if it's the right thing to do or if it's not the right thing to do I mean I guess that's the kind of the point of this project well it is and like something you mentioned just right at the beginning of what you were just saying was I'm learning how to trust myself Mm mm-hmm and something that came up for me when you said that is, is it about learning how to trust yourself or does trust have to come first? Because I, I feel like mm-hmm. it's kind of, it almost seems like an oxymoron to me to say, like, I'm going to learn to trust myself. Like, I feel right. like you have to kind of, I'm not trying to um, be critical. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, when I think, when I think of that phrase, it's like, I feel like you have to practice trust for it to become familiar do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean like and this I'm saying this as much to you as I am to me because I I think that I feel the same way about the way I've been approaching this project is that I'm kind of going where feels fun or light in the moment as opposed to maybe like finishing a piece but I've been trying to practice trust and going no like this is the way it's gonna get done as if I'm allowed to jump around like I have to let go of these expectations of it looking a certain way and looking the way society or my mom or whatever whomever is sitting over my shoulder in my imagination I need to let that go and just kind of like trust that it's going to get done by doing it this way and maybe it's not because you know how I love efficiency Mm -hmm. but I don't live efficiency (laughs) (laughs) so like I'm my I get so in my head about like is this the most efficient way to to approach this task mm-hmm. which then actually make, makes me so inefficient because it doesn't like work to my natural rhythm. Yeah. And so I think by doing this way I need to let go of efficiency, trust the process and if it takes, you know, x amount of hours longer because I did it at least it gets done. Is it like yeah. better to have a half like better to have a 
longer project finished than it is to have one that you didn't spend as much time on but it just never got done it never got done exactly yeah i think that you touched on something really important there when you're talking about you know someone looking over your shoulder or like i always Mm. refer to it as like the different voices that are in my head you know like my mom's voice my sister's you know like all the different things my own voice my critical voice like everything that affects and has an impact on the decisions that I make and the way that I do things and I do think that that is the struggle the constant struggle of not knowing or not having maybe a strong enough understanding of what my voice is and being Mm. able to be like okay and pick and choose and 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 know that well maybe my approach isn't going to work here, but, you know, my mom always told me you should buckle down and do whatever, right? Like, maybe her approach will be the best one to go with here. Mm. And I do think that does take a certain level of trust or a certain level of... Um, um, as like practice? Say, trusting in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But well, it's, yeah. yeah, like, it's hard to kind of figure out because I think that's what I've been struggling with this week too like even when I'm when I'm trying to be intentional if I fall into certain things I'm like is that really what works best for me can I still achieve the things that I want to achieve by doing it my way you know by doing this thing you know by working in this way or by only working two hours a day Mm. or by whatever it is like maybe not being as efficient or will it still get done when it needs to get done and maybe will you create a better product because of it well and also because i like a few things you've mentioned there um about like will i get it done or um something about like the time right like if i spend this time is it going to produce this outcome Mm -hmm. something i'm trying to work on with regards to that as well is trusting that even if that project doesn't turn out the way I imagined that it would, it was still in service of something. Because when I look back on, and my business is such a huge example of this, is I have all of these half-finished projects or I have all of these, like, avenues of business that I went down, I tried, maybe I didn't like them. And, again, it's that thing where I've kind of been taught to really be critical of the fact that I failed or mm. I quit or you know all of these like negative terms but recently when I've been just kind of like just letting it be okay for me to kind of pursue the thing that feels right in the moment even if it doesn't turn out that I you know like say let's use this course for example let's say I don't sell that course but maybe I learned something along the way that like sparked the next idea like the mm-hmm. branch that came off like I'm trying I'm trying to trust the branches and like that that initial spark to follow the path that I was on maybe was just to get me to that branch right. rather than to actually yeah. finish like to get to the end does yeah. that make sense absolutely I mean, it's generally mm. what I always say about relationships, too, and the relationship advice that I give to my friends, you know, if they're going through a breakup or whatever, it's like, okay, well, if this person was not the one for you, that you're not going to stay together, what did you learn from that person? Like, what was the, the purpose of the relationship? Yeah. Because just because it didn't work out doesn't mean that it was worthless or a waste of time or something that was bad. You yeah. had to have learned something about yourself or learned, you know 
something about the relationships you want, the things you do want and don't want in them. And I think it's the same Yeah. with anything, like with anything that we pursue. But it is hard, I think, to not see certain aspects of it as a sign of failure, right? Oh, a hundred percent. And like, it's so like on that relationship example, I mean, that's exactly how I feel about my relationship with my husband. Like we met when I'd just gotten out of like a nine month long really not very good relationship that was kind of off the back of another really long-term not so good relationship and it's kind of like that looking at the timing of things and like if I hadn't gone into that long-term relation like that long distance relationship and ended it when it when I did which you know it ended for all crazy reasons but if I hadn't done it then and I hadn't gone on to internet dating and I like my husband and I have the craziest story of meeting on internet dating where I this is before apps, Kristen. <laughs> so it's like it, I feel like there's people who went through internet dating and then there's people who went through app dating and they're actually mm. very different beasts in and of yeah. themselves because oh, I don't totally. understand my friends going through in, like app dating. It's very different. Um, but I wasn't showing my photo because like I wanted people to read my bio and fall in love with my personality and not yeah. just have it be based on looks. And Rory was not talking to anyone who didn't have a photo. But for some <laughs> yep. reason, he commented, he, he reached out to me. For oh. some reason, he read my profile and no, it was, I was the only person he reached out to who didn't have a photo. And I'd only been on for a month and he'd been on for one week and we met each other. And the rest is history. Wow. Like, it was this crazy, like, crazy. coming together of stuff. Yeah. And I know you have a crazy story oh with your gosh. husband. Yeah, I mean, we met on a hike in like a country that neither one of us lives in it was a window of literally maybe a minute that we managed to meet you know I mean we both but that's what we say too is that both of us were in the place where we were ready to to seize the opportunity that was in front of us because of what we had learned and the places that we were in in our lives and the work that we had done on ourselves that we were able to see the opportunity in front of us and and act on it right so exactly but I think that's like with anything like with business and and everything it's it's being open and it's being aware and it's Mm. it's building on the past experiences to get us where we need to go but But isn't it interesting that we wouldn't say about either of our stories with the relationships that we like I don't claim to have had an active part in manifesting that like mm. it was kind of to, to the same point like I was in the right place he's in the right place we came together at the right time in our lives my profile turned up at the right time on his feed like you know yeah. that all happened but I don't take the same ownership of everything that happened before or of or, or failure around that as I do with something like the way I earn money the way that I do business where I'll look back on all the little branches and I'll be really critical of them, but I don't do that with my relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know if you do, you feel the same way. Because I think that say if it was in business and you were getting a client, it, you wouldn't talk about it in the same way. You wouldn't say, Oh, right place, right time. You know, Mm, and it just so happened that I was ready because of the work, like, you know, it would but be maybe we should like yeah. should that maybe be the conversation where we like and this comes back to the conversation of trust which mm. i almost could think could be an entire oh month-long gosh. experiment trust yeah. um 
like should we trust that yeah the client like because i've just had a client uh, a potential client this week that I've just realized is not a good fit. And it's kind of like that challenge being presented to me to see how how confident or how committed I am to my boundaries that I've set mm-hmm. around how I'll work. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I I should think of business like I needed that challenge to, to help fortify my position, to help me like feel committed to this path that I'm on, to offer me a new perspective, to, to kind of like try on, like sit in that energy for a little bit and be like, does this fit? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I instead I'm so critical throughout the whole process of like, oh, is it bad that I'm thinking about this? Oh, should I take it? Oh, should I take the money? Like, Rather than being like, hmm, why is this why is this opportunity presented itself? Like, let's get into that. Yeah. I do mm. think, like, you bring a, up a good point, though, of why it's so difficult to do that. Because every life comes into play, right? Yeah. Where you have to make money. You have other people to think about. You're not just single on your own. You know, you have to pay the rent. You have to do this. You have to do that. How, and you need to build your business. So maybe that's a stepping stone. Mm. Maybe it's networking. Maybe they know people that would throw you business later. Like all these other things come into play. Mm. And it makes it really hard to just make an honest, true decision in that moment that would serve just what you are feeling and just your own yeah. personal path of what is best for me as a human being in this moment. Yes. You know, and you know, I think that's a really fair point, and I think it works on the level of in, like being intentional. Because I think if we use that client as an example, I could say I'm going to choose to do this project with them because I need the money, and that's mm-hmm. like I think a lot of people will hear that and think I mean it negatively because that's how we're kind of trained to think about money is like if you do it for the money it's always like kind of bad it's always a bad thing that's not true no (laughs) not true and the thing is I think if you go into it being like if if I could if I knew myself well enough that I could really go into that situation and just keep reminding myself it's just about the money this was a choice this helped me for these reasons and like kind of do it and get out of it Mm -hmm that's being intentional like that is a version of being intentional but I also know myself where money for me has never been a big well maybe I've just never been offered the big enough sum Kristen but like (laughs) I mean crystal (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah, it's Crystal, thank you. Yeah. It's Muffy. Hello, it's Muffy, yes. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah. Muffy, you know what I'm talking about. Like, maybe it's just you've never been offered a big enough sum for it to be like, <laughs> exactly. yeah, like, I, I made a decision about the money. But, like, in the sums that we're talking about, the money's not enough for me to mm-hmm. get into that level of stress or to get into that level of commitment and that's a different version of intentionality, right? Like, so yeah. I think it's about knowing ourselves and then making conscious choices, intentional choices based on the information we're receiving when we kind of like, you know, dive into ourselves and yeah. come back out. Absolutely. Um, I, yeah. Oh, sorry. Carry on. I'll no, let no. you finish your thought. Oh, okay. I'm done. Um, <laughs> it's all right, Muffy, you go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to carry on on that idea, it just kind of hit me where... Um, I think that part of my decision making now is building on my past intentionality. 
So for me, mm. when I was offered a couple of jobs, you know, a few weeks ago, that would be steady money. I, you know, working with people that I know, it would not be anything that I enjoy. It's what I was, the industry I was working in when I got so burnt out. I've got PTSD from it. Um, but I could have pushed myself to do it. I would have been miserable, mm. but it would have paid me a lot and it would have taken away all of my anxiety around making money and that security and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But I'm, I intentionally made the commitment to myself to take time off of, of working in my career in order to build my business um, and pursue something that meant more to me as a human being. Mm. And because of that, I think that in certain ways I was putting a lot of pressure on myself with how I'm approaching my time and what I'm doing with my time off, so mm. to speak, in that I was like, you can't waste it because you've committed to yourself. You can't do this because you've committed to yourself. So almost using my past intentional decision as mm. now, like... Handcuffs. <laughs> yeah. And something to yeah. almost hold me accountable in a way, which in some ways has been really good because yeah. it's holding myself accountable to myself rather than to other people. But yeah. in other ways, I I know that I've noticed that I put a lot of pressure on myself and it's only coming from myself. It's not coming from yeah. anybody else, which is also nice to be able to um, to kind of see it for what it is, where it's like, oh, that's on me. Like, that's coming from me. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm the one to blame yeah. for that, you know, but yes, it's it's interesting, though, to it's it's a really fine line between being too easy on myself and too hard on myself it's like I need to find that yeah sweet spot that balance yeah yeah and it's kind of like that pendulum have I mentioned the pendulum thing where like I know this is something I do in my life where I'll swing all the way to one end like when I make a decision because like and I think you know I talk about pendulum swings and I have in the past and I sometimes wonder is there a way to avoid them? But I also kind of feel like it's a necessary part of the process where you, yeah. you've, you're familiar with one thing. And I, I talk about this even from like a, um, like a biological, like physical standpoint. Like if you think about neural pathways in the brain, I once heard them described as being like well-worn paths. So the more you walk up and down that path, the deeper that ridge Mm. is because it's so well-worn. And so to try and jump out of a neural pathway and create a new habit is really tricky because it's so easy to fall back into that ridge and just keep going along the neural pathway that you've built. Yeah. And so I feel like the pendulum swing where you go from one extreme to the absolute other extreme is kind of a necessary starting point to jump out of that neural pathway the neural pathway still exists it's still over there like waiting for you to jump back in but like you're creating another one yeah and then you're like you'll swing back to your old habits a little bit and then you kind of like find your middle over a period of time and I feel like it's a necessary evolution that kind of happens I agree because I think it's in order to find balance you have to be familiar with either side right with both sides that's it so you can and I've always how can you find middle otherwise like it seems Uh, crazy yeah you can't you can't just be like I'm not gonna go too extreme on that it's like no just go there and then come back from it you have to it's the whole like know your enemy type thing right well and I think it's also like the people or I mean I'm sure I've been this person 
where oh I'm just going to try a little bit like sometimes oh, yeah. just doing that little thing is never going to make the change you want to experience mm-hmm. so again if you're making those big changes like moving from a career to your own business it's like that's that's a big shift like in and of itself it's a pendulum swing yeah so how you respond to it has to kind of be a pendulum swing as well it's not just going to be like i'm just going to be perfect in the middle like exactly. managing myself and my balance <laughs> like yeah. it's unrealistic it really is and i think that's mm. that's kind of part of what i've been struggling with too is finding that that balance of um Oh, damn it. I was told myself I would do it a whole episode without forgetting what I was going to say. Well, oh, did we say we got to call I this something? Like forgot. Kristen's something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to come up with a term for it. Oh, no, that's right. We said we're going to have like a ding a ding. We'll have a little sound effect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, my God. Here we go again. Oh, funny. Oh. Uh, we were talking about balance and pendulum swinging oh. and... And your and like how you're responding to tasks and yeah, time it's and not there it's gone. There's something. Well, about I think the thing is like, yeah, I think just to add like to this as well. I, I I mean I'm really pleased to hear like your awareness around the situation, and I think and again this is as much for you as it is for me is like. I think when we bring the awareness of understanding, I'm about to pendulum swing or I'm in a pendulum swing, like. And just having grace and, and like, compassion for yourself to be, mm. like, that's okay. Like, I've been really critical. Like, that was going to happen. I can – I don't have to keep going the way that I'm going. I can readjust. Like, I think having that understanding that nothing is permanent and, and mm-hmm. you have the complete control to, like, do differently and, you know, swing the pendulum back the other way to try and, you know, get closer to that middle ground is – a com- at least for me, is comforting to know because yeah. – and I think the more awareness I bring to the fact that this is a journey, like self-care, mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. business, parenting, like everything's a journey. Like I'm, I'm like constantly, I love Gretchen Rubin's book title of better than before, because I feel like that's what we're all working towards. Yeah. Like it's, at least if we're living really consciously is like, we're all trying to be better than we were before. And, and we're, and what better looks like we're guessing at as best we can and working out as best we can and so just to bring as much compassion and understanding to that yeah and that's the thing I think that that's um yeah I think I think something I've been struggling with is just like you were mentioning before in last week's episode when you were talking to your counselor about how learning how critical you are of yourself and I think that I've been so critical with myself and so um not patient in a lot of ways and I think yeah, that's yeah. a big thing for me I am not a patient person generally me neither <laughs> it's brutal and it and I think that that's where that pressure comes from on that I put onto myself and why mm. I make certain things much harder for myself than is necessary and so even yeah. with building you know my own business it's I'm putting so much pressure well you have to have it done by this time by this time by this time it's like well no I'm as long as I'm chipping away at my tasks and building because a lot of this stuff it takes time to even understand who I am and what my business is and all that kind of stuff like it's not going to happen overnight it's not going to happen by you know in two weeks time whatever I need to give it time 
Mm. Like I can't live in the future. I have to be patient. And that definitely that intentionality has helped me with that pacing a little bit where it's like, okay, well, what do I want to do today? You know, Mm. I'm going to go sit in the park and enjoy the sunshine, but I'm going to bring my book with me, uh, like my business book and do some research in that way. Right. Instead of just going and not focusing on my business, which I know would make me not feel very good and would make me, Mm. you know, feel like I'm not committed to myself and all those kinds of things, right? Well, and I'm really pleased to hear too, because this has been a, a, like a long time coming learning for me around my business. Coming from the corporate world, the types of tasks that you work on that are like applauded or Mm. deemed to be worthy are busy on your computer like I can think back to my last corporate job five years ago now I just celebrated my five years out of like out of a job um, (laughs) like this week and like there was such a strong push for you to like fill eight hours like no such Mm -hmm. thing as like understanding people's brains need breaks or understanding um that me going for a walk and letting creativity happen and letting like giving my brain space to like have new ideas and zoom out is also really worthy tasks um that are crucial because this is the thing I feel like in corporate world and I'm about to get on my soapbox (laughs) I feel like in the corporate world those idea generating activities are expected to happen once you leave the office like you're supposed to do all that busy work and you're supposed to have the ideas as well and what ends up happening is that you have them in the shower at home or you have them on the weekend yeah which means that your life your work life and your personal life bleed together which is yeah. the whole problem with this whole bloody capitalistic society, oh, right? Absolutely, yeah. And so it's really nice to hear that, like, you are looking at that time where you go to the park and take the business book and, like, jot down your ideas or whatever as being contributing to the effort of your business. And that's exactly it. And because I've worked in corporate life for the majority of my adult life, mm. it's so ingrained in me that if I'm yeah. not sitting at my computer actively doing work or building some spreadsheet or building something then I'm not working and just like you said like I love hiking and my whole thing of I'm gonna go for a hike in the middle of the day especially in the winter time when it gets so bloody dark here like I gotta get out in the daylight I have to get out in nature that's super important to me Mm. and it is where I think about the most things and I'm most creative and I you know, come up with ideas or I just zone out and turn my brain off for a bit and I enjoy nature and that's really refreshing to me and builds me back up. And it's when I first, um, I created this whole schedule for myself when I stopped working in an office or, you know, off doing office work. Mm. And it was very much like a nine to five schedule. Mm. Like, and I even had a lunch break in there and I had, you know, and I had to almost I had to force myself to add in things like do an hour of yoga or do go for a walk, like to write it down. Like I had to force myself to put those breaks in there, but I was like, well, you don't want to waste too much time in the day, you know? And it's like, that is so archaic. So I've kind of like thrown that schedule out now where I'm like, oh, that's not really what I want my life to be. You know, I had to intentionally just intentionally let go a little bit 
you know, and and yeah. live in the unstructured world for a little while, you know. I love that. That's such a, yeah. And you know what you said too about like the majority of your career has been in the corporate world and you've got a lot of like there's some like we're talking about those neural pathways those paths are well worn so it's gonna take some work but like I did eight years in the corporate world before I left for my business and I'm still trying to get out of those paths five years later like it's a but and because it's not just like our time working that built that expectation it's like how we're praised when we're in school and university like you know how we're taught to work like that's it begins so early that it is hard to and we have to bring so much intentionality to doing something you know in any way different to everything that we've learned for all of those years yeah not to not to try and make it feel like it's all terrible and (laughs) the path ahead is you know you've got years to figure that out but you know it's uh yeah and that's where I feel like it has to we have to treat it with some lightness like it has to and like when we catch ourselves as I'm trying to practice now it's like catching myself in an old habit of like you know I've got to work certain hours or I've got to do you know xyz whatever the old habit is and being like oh there I am again like back to old habit Maddie like you sneaky devil you (laughs) like get back we're doing things different now like kind of keeping it light because yeah. the uh, the alternative at least for me as it sounds like it is for you is to kind of go into the shame spiral totally. where we're like you know like oh I can't believe you forgot that again like you're never going to make this work and you start going into all these like you know Absolutely. extreme beliefs about the whole process not just that like micro moment that you're it's criti- that idea criticizing. that we're so quick to label anything that we're doing as failure I think it is like that is my go-to thing of like oh well you failed at that like oh okay you might as well just give up or you're done kind of thing and I do think yeah with being intentional and I think you know I think it was a bit of a blessing in disguise that this this intentional month experiment ended up being much longer than it was because I think that it um it let us kind of I don't know, feel around in it a little bit more and get used yeah. to being intentional a bit more. I think with anything in life, it it's not so clear cut. It's not so... Yeah. There isn't a clear deadline. You know, there isn't a clear way mm. to achieve all of these tasks. Like, being intentional is very vague. It's very... It can be anything at yeah. any moment. And it's more... You know, I know throughout this experiment we've touched on, you know, it has helped us become more aware in the moment mm. and to give ourselves that time and to really think about, you know, our core desired feelings and our where we want to be going and how we want to feel on the journey and mm. things that we can do to get us there and things that don't help us to get there, you know, are... Well, can, can yeah. I ask you a question too? Because there's something you mentioned before about... Like, I'm going to forget exactly what you said, but it was, it felt like this heaviness around like, oh, I've got to, am I being intentional here? Like Mm -hmm. almost like this, oh, I'm, I'm now I've lost my words, but it's almost like, like the fact the the act of having to check in on how intentional you're being is almost like heavy. And so I want to pose this question to you now that we're wrapping up a experiment around intentionality is how important do you think 
being unintentional from time to time is? Like, do you feel like it's a balance even in and of itself that we need to have time where we're not so structured Mm -hmm. or we're not we're not coming at it with a specific plan or for a specific purpose I definitely think so I think that um although I mean yeah I think I definitely found that I had moments where I was like okay I can't think of this anymore I'm tired of thinking Mm. about what I should be doing and how I'm doing it and blah 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 all the layers to it but then Mm. I also think that when I allowed myself intentionally allowed myself to relax from that and be like I'm Mm. just gonna take a nap and not think about anything or I'm just gonna go here and not think about anything I still went into that intentionally and almost allowing Mm. myself giving myself that permission to not worry about it and to not think about it and to not do anything so I still think in those moments where I was being unintentional I still went into it with intentionality and went into it and that's or those moments are what made me feel the best better than my unintentional completely unintentional you know letting the time get away I, I think it's a little bit more of a being in control versus not being in control you know well and and the way you described it just then also makes me think about the fact that this exp- like this whole podcast this whole idea concept how to be me again really stemmed from this idea of wanting to create tools in a toolbox mm-hmm. and the way you just described it there makes me think like intentionality becomes a tool yeah. for for you for me because now you know how it felt when you were yeah. which you didn't before well, you know this is the whole reason we came to this is like you know how it feels now and so when you find yourself being unintentional in the future will which will un- inevitably yeah. happen you can pull from that toolbox this tool you now have to help you recreate those feelings exactly and it's exactly like what you were talking about with the neural pathways now we have a pathway that we a different path we can take we can still you know and hopefully we won't fall back into that other one quite as often as we did before right that we've got this new thing that we can turn to I definitely for me it really felt good to take control and Mm. and be aware and give myself permission and just be much more present I think that's what it gave me where before I didn't realize because I came to all kinds of other conclusions which we'll talk a lot about in our next month's thing which we'll announce shortly Uh, (laughs) but it made me it gave me almost the time and the mental capacity to acknowledge all kinds of things about who I am and who I thought I was but that I'm not maybe I'm not actually that way you know it just it made me yeah. this it it brought me to this whole other level of awareness which was really cool definitely daunting cool. and you know scary in its own way but it was really interesting and and necessary and i think a really good i took a lot away from it so that was kind of cool and i'm curious then to also know like from where you began when you like dreamt up this experiment to where you are now like what's the shift been like how do you feel compared to then 
that I feel calmer. I feel mm. more in control and able to speak for myself. And as much as I was saying I don't trust myself yet, I feel like I have a certain, I'm, I'm gaining a certain level of trust with myself because I'm more aware yeah. of the things that work for me and the things that don't work for me. Like, it's, like, almost this different level of confidence in my decision-making. Because I'm a lot yeah. more aware of all of the different factors that are coming into those decisions, you know? Mm. Like, before, I think I felt so, um, so, like, fast and frantic in my head. And so, you know, when you yeah. just get to, um you're just trying to like grasp at anything you know and it, yes. you just keep going and you don't know and it's so hard to stop that from spinning in your mind I don't feel that anymore mm. I feel very much like I allow myself and when I when I have those moments of panic or those moments of real uncertainty like that pit in your stomach feeling of like what am I doing I give myself that mm. time and that that moment to actually look at it for what it is and I think that's part of what the intentionality mm. gave me is like it gave me that that minute that 30 seconds to to look at it and see it for what it is to assess the situation and give myself the freedom to feel how I need to feel about it mm. I love that and um can I offer you, or can I can I ask you to say something? Sure. <laughs> so this is kind of suspicious. like because my counselor did this for me. <laughs> no, because you you mentioned how um, I'm learning to trust myself and I've gained some trust mm. with myself. I'd love to you to I'd love to hear you say I I trust myself. Like even if it's just do you a little also bit. want me to do a trust fall with myself because it would be really funny to see. I just fall off my chair. <laughs> Uh, yes. <laughs> but also, I kind of wish I was there so we could totally do trust balls. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because I trust That'll your baby. Be on our, I'd be on in the trust ship with retreat. We'll just do trust balls. <laughs> yes. Yes. The tall uh, ship of intentionality. Yeah, oh my gosh. It's all the trust balls. Okay, I trust Please. myself. I don't believe it even when I'm saying it, but I do. But see, so you have to practice, yeah, right? That's true. Like it's. Yeah. Because, like, and this is kind of what my counsellor was saying to me, that as we mentioned last week, was this whole thing of, like, me saying I don't know myself. Mm. And, like, even in the way you say, like, I'm learning to trust myself, there's so much that you say you know yourself very mm -hmm. well. Like, I think you probably deserve more trust of yourself than you yeah. give. I agree. And I think, I think that a lot of it, you know, when I talk about or when I actively think about what I felt like before starting this experiment that's when I realized like wow my level of trust back then was like non-existent you know and it was really uh, a lot of uncertainty and a lot of yeah just yeah a lot of uncertainty um there's like levels so it, there's this like I'm uh, I'm learning to trust myself I'm beginning to trust myself I am 
trusting myself more. Mm. Like there's different ways you can shift the language that even just like neurologically helps you to believe it more. So if you say like, I trust myself more and more every day, it's kind of the same thing. But the first part that your subconscious brain hears is I it's trust much myself. It's concrete. And yeah. so then you start to do yeah. it more. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Hmm. yeah there Stop you go. telling me what to say. <laughs> no, okay. Just do it already. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that that was a very successful first experiment. I learned I agree. Um, me too. But I think our next experiment is the one that is much needed. And in our next mm. month, we are going to cover how to be emotional, which is a big one for me yeah. because I'm a highly sensitive person. I didn't even know what that was like a year ago <laughs> or six months ago or whatever. Right. And now that I do, I'm like, this is I'm amazing. excited. But it's interesting. I've yeah. had a lot of revelations in the last little while about emotional stuff. And while I was being intentional, a lot of emotional things came up. And so I think that it's really important for us to tackle that next. Yes. And I think I, I'm excited for it because I definitely, I definitely have emotions that I feel super comfortable with (laughs) and some that I feel somewhat comfortable with and some that I feel very afraid of and actively like avoid like the plague. So I don't know if that's a really like gauche thing to say right now as we're in a (gasps) pandemic to say avoid like the plague. I always say that. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm like, oh, um, and especially this is such a huge focus of mine, uh, like external to myself with my children mm. is to really like be normalizing emo- all emotions. Yeah. So I'm excited to dive in. I think it's going to be so good. It's going to be a tough one, mm. but it's going to be a good one. And I think super necessary. All right. So yes. we will, um, talk to you guys all next week when we start our first episode of how to be emotional yes. and please come and join us on instagram and let us know how your intentional experiment went and if you had different insights or outcomes or realizations we want to hear all about it so let us know over at how to be me again Woo-hoo. do it <laughs> all right bye guys <laughs>